Hi there, welcome to another episode of Tip Top Tips Edgy with me, Mark Anderson, ICT Evangelist, uh, Head of Education at Net Support Group. And today's episode, I am so very, very pleased and proud to welcome someone uh, who I have worked with alongside as a colleague. Uh, we've served on a variety of advisory boards on. We've worked together in lots of different ways. And in the last year in particular, we've got even closer in terms of the work that we do. Um, uh, uh, as uh, my sort of counterparts, my my equal partner uh, in the project uh, that we started way back uh, back at the start of the pandemic uh, um, um, with our show UK Edu Stories, it gives me absolute pleasure to welcome to the show today uh, the one, the only Bookie Youssef. Welcome, Bookie. How are <laughs> you doing today? How are Hi, you? Hi, Mark. I'm keeping really well. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Now, listen, obviously, I know you really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, um, but um, for those who don't know you, could you just sort of share a little bit about yourself, your history, uh, where you come from, what you do, uh, and your sort of career to date? All right. So in a nutshell, I describe myself as a part time senior leader in a special school. Um, I also teach science and a science leader as well. And I do freelance consultancy, uh, which also includes coaching. So I'm a qualified coach. And in essence, that basically means I support um, particularly educators who are looking to gain confidence and competence within their leadership role positions or who are looking to progress within their career. And as a result of that, I'm involved in a number of different grassroots organizations, including Women Ed, BAME Ed, I'm an ambassador for Leadership Matters. In essence, because I love teaching and learning, I'm involved in lots of different things. Um, and I can actually do that in a virtual sense, hence my love of um, ed tech. But I also love um, helping others to develop and actually fulfill their potential. Well, that's just a, a, a smidgen really the things that you're involved with as well yeah yeah um, you know, and you, you you hide your light under a bushel a bit bookie you know <laughs> so um following up asking you for more information what sort of ed tech uh, sort of engagements do you um engage with all oh, right so yes i've been involved in ed tech for just under i think about maybe 10 years when i was first of all uh, was a senior leader responsible for implementing whole school ed tech um so looking at mobile devices like ipads and um chromebooks across the whole school as well as different departments and things like that more recently um i've been involved with, like for example we've both been involved as um advisory board members of innovate my school I've been um, a judge for um, BET um, and more recently appointed um, to be the co-chair of the DFE's EdTech Leadership Group. So a whole range of different EdTech influences, um, uh, no, a whole range of different EdTech experiences that just link to my love of EdTech, but more importantly about how we can actually help teachers do what they need to do and also help our young, you know, the young people that we serve as I, as I frame it. Well, brilliant thank you so much bookie and 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 the reason why i sort of followed through asking even more information about that <laughs> just to sort of give a bit of the gravitas that you know your your involvement and in, in the conversation we're having today uh, mm -hmm. will actually bring for our viewers and listeners because you, you are so what you know uh, widely uh, well regarded in, in in the education space uh, not just in the uk but, but beyond as well yeah, uh, and so you. it's a real um, pleasure i mean i know we've worked together on lots of things over the years but i do know how um, in demand you are and, and the pressures you have on your time uh, so it's really kind of you to give us some time to have a bit of a natter uh, with me today uh, on on tip top tips edu. Um, 
Well, uh, as you know, Bucky, I'm a bit of a fan of, of uh, music out of the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, so, um, uh, doing a little bit of preparation before the show today, it's got, it's got a little bit of an 80s theme. Um, so one thing that I share regularly is this idea of the Bananarama principle that I talk about, which is that it, it ain't so much what you do as the way that you do it. So with that in mind, when it comes to thinking about your use of technology, uh, what mm-hmm. does that mean to you and how do you apply that in practice? Well, I, I, there's, there's an acronym we both use and my idea is keeping things simple. Uh, and I know there are so many, I, I know there are so many whiz bang ways of, you know, like VR, AR, all kinds of, you know, like um, machine based learning, really complex and exciting things. But when I talk about what I do, I tend to keep it simple. So, for example, give an example of what I did more recently where I had to teach a lesson to a student who was going to be working one to one with a particular person mentor but as I taught someone else um, and this is within my school setup so what I did is I just used um, PowerPoint to record my presentation so that they could actually see the big picture why we're actually covering what they did uh, we were doing showing the learning outcomes and actually talking them through the different steps and actually having time to model the processes so they could actually be clear about the steps but also have an opportunity to work with the, the learning mentor beside them as well. So even though I wasn't actually teaching them directly, they still had me teaching them, mm. but in a, a pace that worked best for them. So they could actually stop, revisit things and accelerate as, you know, as quickly as they needed to. So that, I thought that was a really great success and I was pleased to do that, but it was not something exciting. But when I think about these things, I think, think of what is it I need to do? Of the teaching and more importantly what do I need them to learn and therefore think about the tools and think to aid how I'm going to get that particularly done so yeah simple. it's really interesting that you actually said those three things there because that is exactly what TPAC is all about mm-hmm. it's about what have I got to teach them the content knowledge it's how am I going to teach them so your pedagogy and then how, what sort of benefits can how can I use technology to actually make that work and yeah. whether that's I don't know whether that's at the front of your mind when you're thinking about that things. When you were responding, were you actually thinking about TPAC? I don't, I don't know, but it, it's, it's nice that actually, whether that's subconsciously or consciously, that's exactly what you're doing, isn't it? I think it's subconscious. As a teacher, it's innate. You know, no matter what I do, there's got to have you have to have that absolute clarity. Otherwise, it'll be hit and miss, and it doesn't serve its purpose. I mean, at the end of the day, if it enhances the teaching, fantastic. But most importantly, does it move the the, the learning forward does it help that young person to progress and mm. to demonstrate their learning and if it doesn't do that there's no point in investing that so I think subconsciously as a teacher you know teachers in my DNA so to speak I that those are the questions I always have in mind brilliant stuff thank you Bookie uh, so moving on with the 80s theme stop collaborate and listen uh, so <laughs> if you don't uh, know that song then uh, where have you been um, <laughs> but um, thinking about that sort of thing um, you know technology particularly cloud products you know we, we, we see this with our, our classroom cloud products at, at net support it brings lots of opportunities and benefits particularly uh, around collaboration mm. uh, so have you got any ideas about how um, you know all things in your own practice uh, where you enable and facilitate collaboration with your students yeah, again, keeping it really simple. <laughs> we use the, the, the two platforms that we mainly use are Zoom and Google Meet, more Google Meet, to be honest. But again, I think it goes back to the clarity and the purpose of the lesson. So, you know, you'd have specific learning outcomes and how the students will actually demonstrate that. But in addition to that, so before I get into, you know, like uh, working pairs or even small groups with breakout rooms, it is actually highlighting the purpose of them working in those particular um, setups. 
and um, making it really clear about what their role would actually be. So it may be, for example, they're working in pairs to um, discuss a particular idea on an individual basis, but then discuss and talk to each other. And then mm. you may actually get them to work in small groups. I say never in a, even in real life, no more than four in a group. Otherwise you just hang, have hanger honors who are just sitting around doing nothing. So everyone's got to have a purpose and a role. And when they're in the, you know, like the groups of four, that is for them to actually come together with their ideas and, and reach an agreement so that one representative will then share that when we come back to the wider setting. So that's what, again, it's quite simple, but I think, but I think um, what I'm trying to highlight is the fact that it's not so much the tech, the tech can facilitate that, but as a teacher, you need to think about the learning instructions and how that is um, explained to the students so they are absolutely clear about the expectations and mm. what they have to do with regards to that. And what I love about that response, Bookie, it's about the approach, isn't it? Again, it's mm. a, it is banana, the banana rama principle all over again, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> the approaches and the ways in which you're advocating for, when you mentioned Google Meets, you mentioned Zoom, you can do it in Teams as well. The way that you, is how you approach these things to and, and the behaviours for learning that you've you've um, developed and fostered with the, with the children that you're working with over, over time as their teacher. Mm. You know, it's all those things which enable the good use of the technology to take place. The technology sort of facilitates facilitates what you're trying to do doesn't it rather than it sort of dictating it yes it, it, it helps you it helps to um enhance the teaching practices that you need to have in place the tech does not do it you know it's it, you know you've got that's hence why you've got to think beforehand about in terms of your implementation and the teaching principles what are they and therefore how can the tech as i say or whichever tech it is facilitate that I think it's really important that word you use there, enhance. I'll always remember a former colleague of mine, Zoe Elder. She was the author of mm -hmm. Full On Learning. Mm -hmm. And um, she, when we were doing our one-to-one -one project in Cleveland back I don't know, 10 or so more years ago now, mm -hmm. um, but um, she quite rightly said then, and I've been guilty of it sometimes because I'm, I'm so geeky, you know, you can't help yourself sometimes, can you? I but, know. But, <laughs> and then and it's difficult to rein yourself in if you if you are really passionate about the potential and things. Yeah. But she's said, you know, uh, as your sort of rudder, you know, always make sure that technology enhances but doesn't dictate the learning. And I think that's, that's the, the strong message that's coming through from what you're sharing there as well. So Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, Bookie. <laughs> Keeping our 80s theme going. So I'm a big fan of Twitter. Uh, and speaking of which, I was using Twitter last night and uh, uh, a common friend of ours, Graham Andre, assistant mm -hmm. head teacher at school on the Isle of Wight. Um, he tweeted last night uh, this, um, and it was only for a bit of fun. Uh, a bit of a challenge you know um someone's left a credit on the jukebox in 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 uh, in the pub wherever it is that you are uh, what song do you choose and it brought lots of different responses and all this mm. thing. And what that sort of got me and you know when sometimes you get a song in your head and you just can't get rid of it um, <laughs> a bit like that muppets one mana mana you, you can't, <laughs> and all, all day you'll be doing that in the back of your head but mm -hmm. uh, the one that was running through my mind last night was one uh, a great song at the 80s i think in 1988 it was number one a uh, song by erasure uh, Vince Clark, Andy oh. Bell, and the song was A Little Respect. Yeah, great song. Now, you're someone who has um, a huge agency, authenticity, advocacy, uh, and connections with your professional learning network on Twitter and mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Other social media as well um, are available. Uh, I know you blog and, and, and you use um, Instagram as well. Um, but um, it can be quite a um, turbulent place sometimes, edgy Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, in a world where um, we're thinking when we sort of tenuous links into these 80s songs, a little respect, but uh, 
how do you um, perceive uh, the best approaches are um, linking things to you know wanting to be professional and and if people are sort of outside looking in as well mm-hmm. you know um, shining a positive spotlight on the profession and things as well have you got any advice about people uh, uh, that people might sort of take away about some sort of tip top tips about how to engage with and uh, sort of put yourself across on social media as a teacher yeah i mean this is something that is close to my heart first and foremost and this is something that you know when i when i before i started i was hesitant you know you hear about all those experiences things like that but think about your purpose for actually engaging whichever you know twitter or whichever particular uh, social media platform that you choose of your preference but and and just think about how can you actually portray you yourself in an authentic way but in real life so you have to be professional as educators there has to be you know the professional element has to run um uh, run strong or be true be true in that regard um and I, I know sometimes it's easier said than done so for example you know there are lots of uh, discussions and debates and i think discussions and debates particularly or even agreeing someone you know disagreeing with someone is healthy but it's it's keeping your cool and thinking about what you can positively add to the discussions you know so i if there are things that people are saying that i'm not sure about i'll actually genuinely ask you know i will say asking out a genuine quote curiosity what does this particular thing mean so they can see that i am being polite i am being professional but i still i want to understand it a bit more if it becomes clear that the person you're just dis- you know like you're having a major disagreement with really isn't receptive to listening for whatever reason then we have a choice you either can you know continue to engage with that but realizing that you know your your irritation levels or emotions may run high and you may tweet something that you didn't really mean to say or we can just step back and maybe re-engage at more appropriate time we've always got a particular choice but i just think that um one thing i always say is the fact that you need to be mindful that the tweets that you share sometimes can be taken out of context, even if it wasn't meant in that particular way, because there's no time. So I always say to people, if you have a tweet or even you know a message on a other social media platform, that you need to be there to defend it because there's different context, or people might understand, misunderstand it, then don't send it. Your messages have to stand in their own right. That it's really mm. clear about what you were saying, and it cannot be taken out of context. Someone may disagree with it. You know, we're entitled to our opinions, um, but that is beyond, you know, that's beyond your control. It's it's clear in that regard. That said, I think it's healthy to engage with people that, you know, you may not uh, use opinions you may not agree with. I, I, you know, there are some people I follow that I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying, but they make me think about things from a different perspective. And sometimes it makes me challenge my thinking. I don't think that's a dis- uh, that's an issue. And they and they can sometimes, you know, they sometimes raise, you know, Bookie, we know that you aren't, you know, you're not always in alignment or agreement with what we say. But what we do like is that you handle this in a professional and respectful way. So mm. I just think it's just taking time. If you feel tired or irritated or, you know, in, you know, in a particular way, that may not be the best time to respond to any messages. Just step back and be cool about it. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, I mean, we we've talked about social media the same thing happens with emails you know I, I know there have been emails that i've written in response to something that have come to me before now uh, and, and just like you can in outlook and other email clients uh, on twitter and other social media there are you know you can save these things as drafts yeah i, I often share you know write it so right if, if you are a bit wound up you know write it get it it's, it's not actually quite nice to get it off your chest and, and have mm-hmm. a, a, a an avenue for that release um, just don't send it 
if you think it's going to if you think it's going to be contentious if it isn't going to um, amplify um, in in a positive way the conversation write it to get it off your chest save it as yeah. a draft go away yeah. have a chat with a friend or you know grab a coffee or whatever just walk away from it for a minute or two or just even mm -hmm. do some different work or something you know uh, and come back to it a little bit later with a set of fresh eyes you know yeah. if, if a person's being respectful as part of your professional learning network you know it doesn't matter too much when you respond um uh, and um if, if the people want to engage in that conversation when you do respond you know they'll be they're not, not going anywhere and they'll reply when they get a chance to as well but um, it does they have that little taking that moment to sort of take a step back when you are a exactly little bit you know because i think sometimes we feel that we've got you know we've got to respond we've got to do things immediately now we can operate as you say mark at our own pace but you're operating for the best point you know you know with the best emotions and you know not saying anything in haste because sometimes oh my goodness but although i, I have to share I, I remember seeing a tweet about a month or so ago where somebody and they were gracious in what they did i did not see the thread that there was obviously some kind of argument some kind of switch of storm the following day they actually shared a tweet to her and say i have to apologize for how i conducted myself because i've got the wrong end of the stick and i did not respond in the best way this is just to put it out there. I, I mean, I was applauding them because I just thought, even if you make mistakes, there, you know, we have a choice about how we respond and deal with that. Mm. I did not know who that person was, but I, my, you know, my respect for them increased massively because I just thought it's not always easy to apologize, particularly publicly, but to hold yourself to account in that regard. Mm. You know, people, people will think, you know, we're human, we make mistakes, but people will give you more credit for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and one of the things I like about social media as well is, is a lot of the reflective practice um, uh, that, that is shared and things. I mean, often it does seem like everyone's sort of sharing their best lives and everything's there. I, I teach, you know, 35 lessons a week and they're all amazing and look at all my stuff. And, <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Is that the world you're living in? The pressure but, uh, is to, to portray that. But as you say, it, you know, the, again, some of the people I've conduct, um, connected with on Twitter, they've been authentic about sharing the mishaps, things that yeah. have not gone well. That's why I write and blog. You know, some of my most challenging posts where you feel vulnerable and shame at admitting things have not gone well, but they mm. have been the ones that people have really been receptive to and have got the most responses. So I just think, yeah, it's about being authentic being respectful, particularly being respectful to people that you disagree with, because you can disagree with whoever you like. It doesn't stop you from, you know, showing them that respect. Which links nicely into the lyric, a little respect. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for your response to that question. <laughs> right. uh, keeping things 80s. Um, yeah, you've clearly had a really successful career in many different ways um, and you wouldn't have had the opportunities afforded to you if you hadn't stepped outside your comfort zone, engaged in some of the things that you've done and, and so forth and so on. And so in a world where we're a bit yaz in the plastic population with the only way is up, um, mm. what would you, uh, what advice do you think you'd give uh, to uh, an NQT who was looking to and uh, thinking, and I remember when I was an NQT, you know, I, I wasn't thinking, right, so what's my five-year plan, what's my 10-year plan and all these sort of things yeah. um I, I was just like oh my goodness i've got a teacher class next week and like, am i ready <laughs> you know having just done my having just done my b ed but in a world where we're thinking you know the only way is up um what what, what advice would you give to an nqt who might be uh, thinking about what their next step steps are in their career 
Okay, so there's two strands to that response, Mark. What I would say is be really clear with regards to teaching and learning what you love. Um, you know, be involved in your passion. You know, like you mentioned, um, you know, we've spoken, Mark, before about passion projects because they really drive you. So, if, you know, and if there are opportunities to talk about it within your department, but more importantly, more widely as part of maybe like as a, a working group, then engage with them because you will be receptive to um, other people's ideas, but more importantly, people being able to see that you're really interested in this and they may have you in mind to actually get you involved in other projects and things like that. Now, one part I think some people might find a little bit challenging, I know I would have as an NQT, that's why it took me so long to grow into this, is what I call showcasing. Some people think, oh, well, if you, you know, if you had a successful lesson or meeting or what have you, and, you know, a, a project, um, and you share it on social media, you are bragging. And I, I disagree with that. I think it's important just to showcase and encourage other people about what is possible. Obviously, there's ways in which you can actually do that. Because mm. by doing that, people will start to link you to particular aspects. And, you know, Mark, you said about, for example, my love of edtech. I, you know, I have made no secret about my interest in, at all different levels and sharing lots of different things because I love it um, and how it actually impacts upon, you know, the teaching, learning and, and young people and things like that. So I think having that enthusiasm will be conveyed mm. and we'll have people, you know, people will actually may have you in mind if they want to do, say, like um, webinars or presentations and things like that. If you can, you know, and again, this will it may be a little bit out of some people's comfort zones, but where there are opportunities to present, even if it's only for a few minutes, you know, before Mark, you know, I know you're, you're linked to, you know, like hosting so many amazing teach meets where you could actually have pre, you know, like um, this was before the pandemic um, and lockdown and things like that. Teach meets where people only present for about two minutes. Take mm. those opportunities. Just, you know, it will enable you to hone those particular skills, but again, get your passion across and people will notice you in that regard. Now, the second strand to that is getting a coach and a mentor. Because like you, Mark, if someone asked me, what would you, I, as an NQT, I had no idea. I'm just loving and living life and just making a most of what I'm actually doing from a week to week basis. But if you're thinking of progressing, progressing, get a coach or a mentor. I always say about this, a coach is someone who can, who basically does not tell you what to do, but can help you think about different things by posing some sometimes challenging questions, but you take ownership of the actions and the course of action you want to follow. A mentor, on the other hand, is a person who may be a few years down the line and may be doing the work that you've done or, or are aiming to do, and they can give you tips and guidelines of actually guiding you how to move in that particular direction. I think it's, it's really good to have someone, one of those two beyond your school setting, mm. because you have a trusted space to just, you know, talk about things and, and they enable you to have ownership about how you develop in that regard. Yeah, some, some great, great, great advice there. And, um, and doing the whole 80s tenuous link thing again, Bookie. So sort of bringing things back to when you first started in, in a share world where, you know, if you could turn back time, oh. <laughs> what tips would you give? Um, and this is linking into the ed tech things as well, because you, mm -hmm. you, you had some really interesting experiences, uh, um, which I'm sure you'll you'll uh, expand upon in your response. But if you could turn back time, what tips would you give yourself uh, in your sort of earlier career self about engaging with ed tech companies? Um, and, and I know you've engaged with them on a variety of levels. Mm. And maybe you could talk about that on, on let's say, as a, a school leader looking to purchase and then use uh, and, and deploy across a school. But also then maybe some of your engagements where you've actually been advising and supporting uh, ed techs but yeah, what advice would you give to people who are looking to try and do that uh, from those sort of two standing points there? So if, you could, if you could turn back time yeah if i could turn what, back what time what advice would you give yourself on that front 
one, worry less. Two, realize that, you know, as you grow in the role, you understand the context of your school and what they need better than anyone else. So that, you know, so I always used to think, oh, but I'm only little mean, I don't know about EdTech. You don't have to know about EdTech. What you need to be clear about is what you would like to achieve and whether there are EdTech um, ed tools out there. And thirdly, ask those challenging questions. I mean, at the end of the day, with regards to say like EdTech, you know, we can't get away from the fact that it, it is a business, but what is great is, you know, is the shift where EdTech companies, particularly you know, more recently, want to do right by the schools and want to make sure that they provide solutions that help not just the staff, but the young people within the schools, the children there, in terms of, the, you know, like, in, as I say, progress and things like that. So plan your questions, ask those questions. So questions I would ask would be, you know, what evidence do you have about the impact it has in terms of um, academic achievement? There's a little, there's little out there, to be honest, even now there is little because there are so many variables out there, but in other, you know, other aspects in, you know, um, that could be developed. So it could be made in terms of digital literacy, which is something of my own personal interest. Mm. It may be in terms of collaboration. Are there any other soft skills that are being developed through this? Ask those particular questions. And something that um, is a little bit tougher in terms of, you know, can, is there anyone within the organisation, I talk about the edtech companies, that can help the school leaders to map out short, medium and long-term goals so they know about the particular milestones that they should be hitting and what to do if they're not if you know if mm. things are actually going to place because sometimes you feel a little as though you're a little bit blind about what to do so that's the first part of um my answer to that and could you repeat the second part because i know there were two parts to that massive Sorry, question well, it, there. It, it was the in, in school bits which you kind of responded to there and, and mm. I'll, I'll, I'll respond to your points there first if that's okay and then we'll get into the next bit since we sort okay. of see things in silence i think it's really interesting what you were saying there and great because I, i'm a huge advocate as you know for the sort of michael fullen thing which is that pedagogy first it should impact on learning and all these different things mm. um and what some people don't often sort of think about and consider as well is sometimes it's not about the learning it's actually about making teachers lives easier how can it reduce workload mm. how can it make me more efficient can it and so um uh, some of the great um, assessment for learning tools for example uh, or some of the voice recording tools so, so you can leave voice feedback those sort of things mm -hmm. you know actually that's also linked to pedagogy with that one as well but actually the time savings the efficiencies gained all those sort of things there are lots of things to consider yeah. uh, beyond all of that um and um so that really resonated what you were saying there and and the other part of what uh, your response there which i think was really um uh, important and it goes again into research you know um, hattie and others have been uh, really quite um vocal about the importance of relationships and, and the benefits of relationships actually relationships aren't just about that triumvirate between homeschool and child with the, with the school if you've got a good working relationship with the edtech companies that you actually supply into your school um and, and good edtech will respond to these sorts of queries and questions mm -hmm. one of the things that i love and and was a part of my choosing for coming to work with net support was how brilliant they are at listening well we are now uh, at <laughs> listening uh, to the needs and desires and wants from the software to the schools and yes. i i i i'm um uh, privy to like the, the development team meetings and every request that's been that's come in is added in as a, as a product request and we discuss it and we, we sort of put it onto our timeline and, and we, we factor it in and and, and you'll have heard al kingsley our uh, ceo talk before about the importance of co-creation 
co-creation yes. of the products in line with what schools actually want so many t- and, and, and like you i've worked with um uh, and been involved in lots of uh, conversations with edtech companies over the years and, and those who aren't really open to listening to their customers they often go the way of blockbusters don't they uh, in the <laughs> Yeah, they're not responding <laughs> to the needs and demands of their client base and, and the marketplace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't have that longevity. And I guess, you know, um, with, with my you know, team net support hat on, that's why we as a company have been around for more than 30 years, because it's about having that strong relationship, that strong bond. And that sort of reinforces what you were saying uh, in, in, in your comment there. Uh, and that's the, the first part of that question, Bookie, was asking you about uh, how you respond, all those sort of things, whilst you're in post in a school, thinking about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The second part of it, um, uh, in, in the whole, you know, share, if I could turn back time, offering yourself some advice to your younger self, um, is about how you actually engage with those companies yourself in some of those sort of advisory roles and uh, sort of feedbacky kind of roles that you have within those organisations. Because it's a tough balance to strike between still being in school yes being authentic you know serving your community all those different things whilst actually um freelancing and i know you work part-time in your role um uh, how how, what what advice would you if 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 other people are thinking i'd quite like to uh, um sort of share i've got a passion for ed tech and would like to sort of give some feedback to some of these companies how how would you go about it what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself about all those different things yeah and it's similar to what i would say about an nqt is first of all it's actually um, vocalizing that so again talking about that on social media so the platforms and things like that so people were aware of oh she's got interested in a particular aspects so I'm interested in you know that the strategic the leadership aspect so I know that's how we actually have the conversations reaching out to different people who can actually mentor you as I suppose or you know like give you insights and advice but then have taking up the opportunities to present and talk about that, you know, for example, you have some companies who are looking for teachers to review their products and give them some insights and, and, and feedback and things like that. And if you've got particularly, because, you know, some of my insights are unusual and, and therefore people think, oh, okay. So if you've got different insights um, or you can view things from a different perspective and make companies think, oh, actually, we hadn't considered that, they'll come back to you and, and, and they'll involve you in, you know, like, in, you know, I suppose, um, and a greater number of things it could be presentations it could be lots of things i i like to be involved in various ways and i I would say for example if you can be involved say for example like innovate my school you know they've got advisory boards there are some companies who have you know um boards for teachers to come on board and just literally just talk about their experiences of product but give insights about how they could actually make improvements so things like that maybe writing blogs you know, teachers can now take control and give product reviews about certain things they've actually done or share tips. This is one of the things, you know, like at TikTok, not necessarily that's a fan of TikTok, but you've got 15 second insights. So I think it's about sometimes taking control and you'll see more and more teachers now doing that as a lot of the pandemic and um, taking control and actually sharing their insights where people would actually notice you. But if you can have the direct conversations with, you know, like the call to action from edtech companies, that is a great way of actually getting the ball rolling and starting your engagement and I suppose relationships with edtech companies 
that's, that's a great response there, Bookie. And I think for me, the, the thing is, I mean, you and I both suffer from a bit of imposter syndrome. But mm-hmm. I think the thing, I think the strong thing to remember with all of this is that actually, it's it's not that your recommendations and suggestions are necessarily going to be taken on board. Number foot number one. Number two, um, your your suggestions and improvements and, and things you might want to say about the products might not even be right or even possible. You know, I think what's important uh, if you're looking to share these sort of things is making sure you remember that it's upon the the, the uh, um onus i guess is upon the company you're sharing with and talking with to take on board or listen to and respond to those comments yeah. uh, is whether they feel it's right for them in their organization their setting and the rest of it but i i probably argue that if a company's happy to take on uh, someone like yourself or myself or you know whoever uh, to come in and feed back on their product then that's you know it, it, a, a company that's willing to ha- actually listen I think that's the, the, I think that's the most important step, really. That making sure that they're, they're actually willing to actually listen to the, these sort of things, mm-hmm. and that's going to put them in a much better place to be responsive to the demands of the marketplace and and, and the schools, and ultimately the children. They're trying, trying to help in whatever the product does, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a difficult one to sort of get right. And, and um, again, without imposter syndrome hat on, um, you know, there is no right answer with this stuff, is there? It, it's true, and you know, and I fell into it almost by accident again. You know. I am passionate about what I do. So again, you know, I like to shout about it, but it's not in a, not to brag, but because of the fact that it's great and it's exciting and it's good for people to come on board. Now, this is, you know, we're talking how many years back now? Seven, eight, however many years back. Obviously we've got more schools and people on board with that, but I think that it's it's capturing that and still thinking about what difference is it making, showing, you know, even as you said, for example, before Mark about workflow and time saving, there are so many people, educators out there who aren't aware this so just Mm. sharing those particular things primarily because you are interested in it i did not i did not get in ed tech to be seen by companies or to be doing what i did it happened as a byproduct of what of me doing that so i think it's really Mm. important to bear that in mind that you've got to really be what's the word really be infused by this because as mark said you know there may be companies who don't want to take it on board but my enthusiasm was has not waned because of that it's you know it's I love to do this. I love to do this. The fact that companies come on board and things like that, these opportunities have risen is a byproduct, but that was not my goal to, you know, work with these companies. So I think if you're authentic and um, as well as enthusiastic and resilient in that regard, you know, you, you know, you will make some headway in one shape or form. I think the authentic and enthusiastic are the two sort of key things, really, aren't they? Because if, if I think if you if you if your starting point is I want to do this, that, and the other, then you've straight away lost your authenticity. I think mm-hmm. you know if if you if you're if you're coming from a starting point where you know we're doing this in our school, we're exploring this product, we find this great product that does this, you know, dum, 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 it, it really has that authenticity right at the heart of it, and then your enthusiasm and your passion will shine through as well. Yes, yes. Um, and again, it goes back to that thing we said right from the beginning. Um, in a banana rama principle, it's not so much what you do as the way that you do it, isn't it? And it's Absolutely. keeping you know student progress or teacher efficiencies or whatever your sort of focus is with the mm-hmm. edtech you're exploring. Uh, I think that's a nice way to, again using, using the, the sailing example, uh, sort of keeping your rudder nice and, and straight and true uh, on, on the journey. Look, Bucky, you and me, we can chat forever. I know. Um, and um, I mean, I'm not going to take up any more of times i know you're really busy and you've got other meetings to go off and, and uh, get involved with now so i'm gonna wrap things up there um uh, if you're listening and thinking thank goodness i can't take any more of this 80s nonsense <laughs> then that's good uh, i can't think of a nice 80s segue into our next question bookie but um if um 
uh, people in the front sort of find out more about you. We can see your Twitter handle on screen here right now. But if you're listening back on the um, Netsport Radio podcast, uh, Bookie's uh, Twitter handle is uh, Rondell R O N D E L E ten one zero underscore B. Uh, but if people want to sort of connect with you in other ways, shapes and forms, Bookie, where can they find you? Uh, so they can find me on Instagram with exactly the same handle, uh, Rondell ten underscore B, or um, LinkedIn. Bookie Yusuf, you just search Bookie Yusuf, you'll see my profile there and I'm happy to uh, engage. It may take me a while, as you know, <laughs> working part-time <laughs> in a school and being freelance, it may take me a while to respond, but I will get back to people. Um, I make those connections and things like that. Brilliant stuff, Bookie. In your blog, you, you, where, where, where can people find your blog? What, what, oh, right. So that? it's still part of WordPress, Teach, Lead, Coach. <laughs> yes. I'm still chuckling, yeah. Private joke between myself and Mark, but yeah, it's still... <laughs> part of WordPress in that regard but I, I you know I share blogs for you know with um, Leadership Matters, Women Ed, there's a whole range of places but if you just yeah I'd say Google Bookie YouTube blogs and you'll see the whole range there. <laughs> Brilliant stuff thank you so much Bookie well look uh, that's it for this episode of Tip Top Tips Edu and um, my thanks again to Bookie for giving up some time to share some of her th sort of thoughts and insights into teaching learning leadership and technology uh, and so with that in mind uh, look forward to you joining us on the very next episode of tip top tips edu and before you go don't forget to hit the subscribe button which may be down there or maybe over there i always get that wrong i think it's down there somewhere but somewhere down here there is a subscribe button please do uh, hit that subscribe button uh, and uh, if you um uh, if you're listening on the radio or on youtube uh, we'd love for you to continue to join us in more episodes thanks so much for joining us uh, my name is mark anderson net support group and this is tip top tips edu thanks so much for joining us take care thank you bye bye, bye, -bye. bye, -bye.